Peter from uh, Kite Board Racing. Here we have Daniela with us. Can you just describe for the listener who you are? Um, yeah, so I'm Daniela Moroz. I'm from San Francisco, California, and I'm a hydrofoil racer, and I have two world titles now, hoping for a third at the end of this event, and um, 2016 US Sailing Rolex Yachtswoman of the Year. Why did you start go for the foil kitesurfing? Um, both of my parents were longtime windsurfers, and my dad switched to kiting in about 2005, and I just grew up around the water and windsurfing, and I just loved being on the beach and in the water all the time. So um, once I was kind of old enough to learn to either kite or windsurf, I chose kiting, and um, I haven't looked back since. Uh, it's been really fun and really glad I decided to get into it. But uh, what in the sport do you think is uh, good? What, 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 what is the unique part of it that you really like? I think that there are so many different variables and variations of it that all contribute to the performance. And between the equipment and the efficiency and like tactics and strategy on the race course and like just personal physical fitness and mentality there's just so much that go into it um that i think is it's all been really interesting for me to learn about and um to learn to improve it in my own different ways uh, talking about training we were talking with ricardo about training you said that uh, you tr should train hard and what is what kind of muscles is, is most important to train well, you gotta be a really powerful athlete to, you know, to hold all the kite performance demand. So I guess you have to be working on your legs, your your back too. You know, everything is transferred from the harness on your upper body to the legs. So a strong lower and higher back, it's important. And uh, you know, like combine different sports also could could help you to be in balance with the kiting. Like, like bicycle? Well, I do bicycle myself, or that's what people see. Um, actually, lately, people, people is making fun of me. And I think they're fooling themselves because I see a lot of professional athletes losing time on the beach watching each other when they can put some time on other sports, which will help not only body balance and body training, also a state of mind balance. So Daniela is very good at that. She she does any other sports. Tell me, tell me about what. How do you train? Um, I love swimming, so I swim with a swim team at home, and it's a club team that practices year round and every day. Sometimes before school, but every day after school, I'm at the pool and I train with my team. But do you train the legs much when you're swimming? Um, yeah, I think swimming is a full body sport. Really, you get like I have really powerful shoulders. I think my men, my whole body is pretty balanced. I think there's no really weak points. Um, and like Ricky was saying, I ha swimmers in general have very strong backs, also. So I'm sure that helps me in kiting. Um, and overall, my body just feels really balanced, and I think that's been the biggest like benefit of swimming for me. And also, just like you practice with a team, and I have really good teammates that push my push me, and um, we're always just supporting each other every day and pushing each other. Um, and it's just a really good, also mentally, just really good training.
What's your dream, future dream? Um, it's a long list, I guess, but I guess the biggest thing I'm looking at now is 2024 Olympics, since we just got confirmed that we're in, so it's yet to be announced the whole format of everything, but um, yeah, definitely Paris 2024. And how is Robert Dean as a coach? Oh, he's been great. I'm having so much fun with that. <laughs> yeah, he's right over here. Um, no, it's been great. So he's here. I know, imagine that. No, I think it's it's something pretty new for both of us, I think, to be like to have a coach in kiting. And I know that the Frenchies have been doing it quite a lot. Ariane sitting over here, <laughs> our lovely French coach. But, um, yeah, I think it's something pretty new. And a lot of the things that sailors do for, I guess, training and sailing doesn't necessarily apply for kiting. So it's been interesting to kind of see the nuances of that. And I think, especially like for the next few years, it'll be interesting to see how the coaching develops in that way and what people are going to be doing when they work with a coach whether they'll be doing just on the water stuff maybe setting up buoys to do practice races but also like personal trainers in the gym to do like the physical stuff and then even some teams now have psychologists and nutritionists so now that it's in the olympics i think we'll see a big increase in different aspects of that but Robbie, what's uh, what's your most important part to be a coach to the, to the team United States of America? Uh, really, I think the most important part for me has just been trying to support them the best way we can. I'm I feel very fortunate that I have a lot of experience in managing kiteboarding and, and kiteboarding events, so I know a lot about what the riders' needs are and. I'm just trying to make sure that we think ahead and, and, and meet those needs before these big events. So we did a lot of training at home before we came out here. And then when we got here, we, we knew what we needed to do to be able to, you know, set ourselves up for success. Um, you know, just anticipating the needs of the riders, I think. You also, you also were part to start the Pro Tour for some years ago. What was the idea behind it? Uh, well, the idea of the Pro Tour was really to uh to really have some fun out there you know we we just wanted to have some courses that and some racing that was exciting for the riders um of course what ended up happening was it it ended up being the testing ground for this formula cut equipment and that was something that we i don't think we saw um before we set up the tour really when we set up the tour we just wanted to have something a tour that had really good venues um really good um, racing, you know, and, and, and kind of good times, you know, just not so serious about all the Olympic stuff and all the high-level competitions, more just let's get out, have some fun with our friends that we usually compete against so seriously. We go to the Pro Tour and just have some fun and race and, and really make intense racing also, but uh, yeah, I, I think it, it was really cool that it ended up being and still is the testing ground for Formula Kite equipment, so yeah. I got some feedback from some of the riders here that the short track is very short and it's very tight with, at the top mark. Uh, and we discussed that before here also that on the Pro Tour is longer distance. Also harder for your legs, but uh, 
what do you think about the future? The short track is much for the public that they can see it and so on, but is that the optimal part of it or is it more the, the, the longer races? What do you think? Well, I think, I think both, race, both types of racing have their place for sure. Um, here, maybe the racing was a little bit too short. Um, I think short track is, is a good thing. It does help viewership. It fits into a nice block of time that you know people that are watching TV can digest. If we go on a 15-minute race where the, where the sailors go to the course for you know three minutes on one tack and a couple more minutes on another tack, maybe that's not as easy to watch. So I think both, both, both types of racing have, have their place. Okay, uh, Daniela, you're pretty young, just 17 years old, and girl, and going into racing, and there are... Um, there is a learning curve, for sure, but once you get the hang of it, there's, like, a, there's a lot of opportunities with it, and, um, like, the speeds at which we go are just mind-blowing, I think, and really exciting for a lot of the sailors, too, so if you want to go fast, like, this is definitely the place to be, and... Um, if you like looking at different like gear and the equipment, that's been a whole that's opened up a whole new world for me. Um, just because it's so interesting to see the different foils and the designs and the gear development, and it's just again, it's mind blowing. So um, I think the combination of the speed and the efficiency of the gear, and um, there's a lot to learn. What steps should they take when they? Uh if they start the kite surfing, what what's, what what should they start? Should they buy the hydrofoil equipment directly or what? Um, no, definitely get a lesson with an instructor. I'd say and spend some time just on a twin tip, getting comfortable with flying the kite and kind of learning the ropes of it. And then once you get more comfortable on that, then look into getting maybe a surfboard, which is a directional board, not like the twin tip and then move up to a foil once you feel really comfortable and really confident on just flying the kite. What do you guys think about, uh, um, you said the directional board to start with that, to, to train the tacks and jibes before you go on the hydrofoil? Uh, I guess it's definitely good practice to have a feel for kind of what the board is going to be doing and how the kite behaves in that sort of situation. So. But uh, what do you think about an idea to arrange races with the directional board, maybe strapless, uh, and uh, regular course, but non-tweet tips? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. You know, we need to look at all the different types of people that would be coming into this sport for, with Olympic aspirations. And a lot of these people don't come from a kiteboarding background at all. So to be able to provide a racing, a racing venue for them to be... Um, to learn the basics of kiteboarding and also get the excitement of going around the buoys. I think that'd be great, yeah. Cool. Okay, is there anything more you would like to add? Um, not that I can think of. We're in Denmark right now at the Worlds and pretty rainy outside. It's metal race day, so we're hoping to get a few races in, but it's not looking very likely, so we'll see. Um. Yeah, and if... If there not will be any races, what will the result be for you? Um, I would win. <laughs> okay, I hope uh, it will turn out well for you. And thank you very much for the interview. Thank you. Thanks, Peter.